Hi, my name is Stanton Peterson and I'm the student ministry director here at uh, Westbury Community Church. Uh, we are um, continuing our series of the I Am sayings and this is actually the last one. Um, and we've been finding out that who Jesus is and uh, actually shapes the way we think and shapes the way and how we act. But we find ourselves in John chapter 15, and this is the last I am, where Jesus is in the discourse room and he's talking about he, that he is the true vine. And these are his last words to his disciples. And I just thought that was very significant that these are the last words of Jesus. But let's, uh, let's pray and then we can uh, dive into the word. God, thank you so much for your, for your word. Thank you so much for who you are and uh, how you encourage us and move through us. I pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to listen and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you go to McDonald's, you'll find on the menu uh, a word that says Big Mac. And so what that means is that they are offering you something more than regular. They are saying that you do not have to be satisfied with a regular small size or with a regular normal size because we can make it even bigger. We can offer you more. And so I believe when Jesus gathered his disciples into the upper room and he offered them something much more bigger to supersize sort of their experience with him. And I hope you're not satisfied with the regular Jesus or the order of Jesus. I hope you, you want something more of him. Because in John chapter 15, Jesus tells us how to get that supersized experience with him. How to move sort of beyond the regular order of just going to church, of just feeling good, of never really having a transforming experience with him. And so he uses his poetic language to, to say that he desires you to bear fruit. And not just some fruit, but much fruit, as in verse 5, as we'll find out. And I believe this is the very purpose of the Christian life. Let's read John 15, verse 16. It says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. You see, our very purpose in life is to bear fruit. Now, some of you might be asking, well, well what's the fruit? I believe this fruit has some relation, of course, to the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, which talks about uh, love and joy and peace and forbearance and, and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. But if we look at the context of, uh, of John chapter 15, verses 1 to 6, we realize that the fruit Jesus is talking about is obedience to Jesus' commandments, which we find in verse 10. Or experiencing Jesus' joy in verse 11. Or loving one another in verses 12. Or, or it, and even witnessing to the world in verse 6. Those are the fruit that he's talking about. And so as Christ followers, that is the very purpose of our lives. It's to bear this fruit. Because it is not only that when we bear this fruit, it not only glorifies God, but it proves also that we are the followers. But here's a dilemma. You cannot manufacture this fruit, and I cannot manufacture this fruit, because it is an inside-out process. 
And so then therefore this begs the question, well, well then how then do Christ followers, those who, who've given up their life to God, how do Christ followers bear fruit? And that's the question we're going to ask today. Look at John chapter 15, verses 1 to 3. In the NIV, it's, it reads, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it may bear even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So the first thing we learn is that we can bear fruit through the pruning of the gardener. You know, one of the places that I uh, correct my son a lot is in his room. Or in biblical terms, you'd say, I prune him. You know, sometimes when he gets into his, his fights with his sisters or he walks or wakes up crabby or he doesn't listen to specific instruction, it's when I see those anti-fruit spirit behavior, I would sort of pull him aside and I would speak to him about his behavior. I would speak to him to, to, to sort of bring him back to the place of, of love, of kindness, of self-control, hoping that my words and my reasoning with him would actually change the way he acts. And I believe every parent wants to see those fruit, right, abound, abound in their kids. And so I believe in the same way God prunes us. You know, when our ways doesn't reflect the will of God, then God begins to prune us through His Word, through the Bible. Because the gardener's whole purpose is to yield what? Yield the best, most grapes, and most fruit. See, everything He does is for that purpose. And so He uses the Word to convict us. He uses the Word to cleanse us. Uh, The Word becomes sort of the instrument that God uses in our holiness. I love this quote from from Howard Hendricks, he was a famous Bible teacher. And he said this, he wrote, he wrote in his Bible this, either this Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. You know, God will show us as we read scripture what needs to be changed. You know, an example of this is when I was, when I was angry with someone and I had bitter thoughts towards them, you know, in a sense, I was, I was sort of wrestling with forgiving them. But then one day I opened the Word of God to Ephesians 4, verses 32, and it read, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. You know, then when I read those words, I became convicted. I became convicted through God's Word to change and bear fruit that is consistent with the Father's will. For what He wants, which is to to love one another, that's His will. And that's what we read in verse 12. That's one of the fruits. So it is important, I believe, for us to, to read the Bible. Not only to read it, but to read it with meditation. To immerse ourselves in it. That is the way you and I will bear fruit. We'll bear fruit of obedience, we'll bear fruit of joy, of loving others, and of speaking God's word to other people as well. But one thing we cannot do is say, I do not need scripture. I don't read the Bible. That's one thing we cannot say, because it is through God's word that we bear fruit. But sometimes the words that I you know, speak to my son, when I, when I sit down with him on the bed, uh, goes in one ear and goes out the other. And so there are times that 
that not even my words have an effect on him. And so I would have to resort to a sort of another pruning. That pruning that cuts a little deeper. The pruning of discipline. And we all know that the pruning of discipline is not an easy thing to bear. So I would, yeah, so I would so maybe take away his Legos or no playing games or no more watching movies for a week. And, and sometimes there would be tears in his eyes. I would see it. For a parent, that's hard because you don't, you don't want to make your child sad. But you can see it in his face that he's suffering. And so for that week or days that, that he would suffer through it. But at the end of it, he would know and remember the direction that my dad does not want him to go. Because he knows that's not good for him. And then all of a sudden he would change his behavior. And so I believe in the same way the Father wants us to come, come into his life. And he cuts something away so that we may bear fruit that reflects the will of God. Look at Hebrews 12 verses 5 to 6. This is what it reads. It says, And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Hebrews 11 follows, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been tainted by it. You know, if the branches could speak, they would confess and they would say that the pruning process hurts because God begins to cut away things that are drawing us away from His will for our lives. Now, I'm not saying that all the trials and all the things that come into our life um, is because of sin or is because of discipline. But what I am saying is that every trial that comes into our life is because the Father's desire is to see much fruit. But we are not to lose heart, the verse says, because there is purpose in it. The Father knows that what He is doing. And this should allow us to, to see things from a different perspective. You know, maybe you, you're actually facing something difficult in your life right now. And uh, God wants to, God wants to see, help you to see it from a different perspective. That He's in charge. That He's in control. That there is, that there is good even for it. Might not feel like it at the moment. And so therefore we can rejoice, as James 1 says. Because we will be able to produce more and better fruit. But take comfort, because the Father, I I truly believe this, the Father is never nearer than when He is pruning you. Look at Romans 5, verses 3 to 5. This is what it says. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know the sufferings produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love, has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So not only do we we bear fruit by the gardener pruning us, but we also bear fruit by remaining in the vine. John 15 verses 4 to 5, 
uh, says this. It reads, uh, Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, though, the word remain here has two senses in it. Uh, in verse 4, it says, remain in me as I remain in you. The first concept is that of a long-term, close, growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And it basically means to hang out, to, to stay. And if you want to be like me, Jesus says, then you have to hang out with me. Many of us are are guilty of this, including myself. We sort of visit Jesus on a Sunday, but then we forget about him for the rest of the week. We date Jesus, right? Um, but Jesus wants a ring on his finger. We take Jesus to certain areas of our lives and we leave him out of others. We leave him out of certain areas like TV shows or what TV we watch. We leave him out when we gossip about other people. We leave him out of certain choices that we make in our lives. But what Jesus is truly saying here is, look, I want to hang out with you. Where you go, I want to go. When you go to games, when you talk in your car, when you go to work, when when you're all alone, when when you're in that decision-making and you don't know what to do, I want to be there. When you hang out with me, Jesus says, I will supersize your, my presence in your life and you will not have to settle for the regular size. I will, I will have you feel my presence more. I will, I will guide you more. I will have you let you know of me more when you hang out with me. And that's what Jesus wants. He wants to build a relationship with you and me because the more I hang out with Jesus, the more I become like him. You know, my, my wife hates washing dishes. So I'm, I'm left always to do sort of the dirty work of, of scrubbing and stuff like that. But sometimes, you know, dinner plates that get left overnight and it'll be hard to clean because it gets really hard in the morning. So as some of you will know, you know, when we wash dishes, we will actually scrub it. And when we soak it in dishwashing water, in that dishwashing liquid, and we just leave it overnight, all of a sudden when we come, it's easy to remove. The job became a lot easier. And this is what abiding and remaining does for Christians. We are, it's much easier for us to clean up when we've been hanging out in the right environment. You know, religion says, scrape off the dirt. It tells us to apply elbow grease to fix a problem. But relationship says, soak. Just sit in hot water for a while. Abide will set you free. What you use to try to make happen, you can now just slide off. Because if you abide, a change will come. But there's another sense of the word, you know, of remain. It also implies a a dependence on Christ, as his word indicates in John 5. This is what it reads. It says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And here it is, apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, Jesus means that apart from me, apart, that, that apart from dependence on him, we can't bear good fruit that remains.
and you know there is something that happens to the Christ far after a while. They begin to depend on the fruit. They begin to depend on rewards to bring them fulfillment in life. So, for example, for joy, they begin to depend on on stuff, uh, on money, on family, on spouse. And so there's, there's nothing wrong with these things, but when we draw our fulfillment in them, they become dangerous. You know, one of the things I love to do is I love to take my kids out uh, on a date. And I try at least to do this once a week. But when I first started, you know, um, a couple of years ago, they were, they were so happy. I mean, they were so excited. Because on this date, I would actually take them to Quick Trip and, and they, would, they would order an icy. But every week, you, you, you would hear them say, oh, Papa, Papa, because that's why they call me. When are we going on our date with you? Who's next? Who's next? Then after a while, a few months later, I began hearing something a little different. They would say, Papa, when are we going to get those slushies? So instead of going on a date with you, Papa, they changed. They began to look at the slushie. You know, sometimes we get stuck on our appreciating the fruit more than we do the source from where that fruit came from. And so we try to manufacture it. We try to manufacture the joy, the self-control, the love, obedience, all in our own strength, instead of looking and spending time with Jesus, the source of where it comes from. So this means that I need to go to Christ for all the things. So for Christ followers to, to grow more fruit, they need to remain in Christ. They need to remain in Christ by by hanging out with Him and seeing Him as their source of all things. Let me close. I want to close by actually telling you a a short story that I actually heard uh, by one of my favorite Bible teachers. His his name was Bruce Wilkinson. And it occurred occurred one night uh, when his family was was, um, talking about certain relatives that they had died actually a long time ago. And his mother said, uh, do you remember this family? And uh, Bruce, Bruce Wilkinson, just knew, knew about them when he, was a, when he was a small child. And then the mother said, did you ever hear, or did, did you ever see the wife and the husband together? And Bruce said, what do you mean? And the mother said, have you ever seen them eating together? And he said, No. And the, and the mother said, well, have you ever seen them talking together? And he said, no, because they didn't. Well, why is that, he asked. And the mom explained. He said, you see, one day John came into the house. And after working outside with mud on his boots, uh, Lily, which was the wife, had just cleaned the floor. And John comes in and puts mud across the whole floor and doesn't even apologize. And Lil gets all upset. So she gets up and puts his supper on the table and she goes into the living room. And John says, well, if that is the way you're going to be. And so he eats his food and goes upstairs and sleeps. And she sleeps in the living room. And the next morning comes and she gets the eggs and the breakfast for him. She puts it on the table and she went to the other room. And the next day, the same thing, and the next day, the same thing, and the next day, the same thing, and the next year, the same thing happened. The next year. After 17 years, they were 
in the same house, but they didn't abide. You see, now you know the difference. You can be in Christ and yet never be with Him. If you're never with Him, every great fruit of love, of joy, of peace, of obedience, of loving with another, of kindness, will be missed. And will be a missed opportunity in your life. So therefore, let us bear fruit by yielding to the Lord's pruning, to the Father's pruning, and abiding in Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word today. I pray that you would help us to bear much fruit in this lifetime. And I pray that we would be open to the pruning of the Father and that we would not resist the abiding of Christ and take him wherever we go. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Goodbye.